good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, he need cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagita, all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local, national, and Native news and events, and as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. This portion of the show is supported by Minnesota 350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Hey, we got a big show, Wendy. We got uh, Lieutenant Governor stopping in uh, mm-hmm. for a quick segment, and we got Robert Lilligren, and you got your sacred animal portion. Uh, good to see you, and what a beautiful day here. Yeah, a really beautiful day here. And tomorrow, which is May 5th, is going to be MMIW, Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Relatives Day here at the Minnesota State Capitol. Right, and all over the nation. That's that's right. So um, it's a big celebration at the State Capitol, and you can come on down and and be a part of it. What time is it starting? Starting here in St. Paul at noon and going till 3, and Mm -hmm. then there's other things going on, and uh, and it's just a a, a part of... uh, it's part of the celebration of Native American Heritage Month here. Mm-hmm. All, and uh, one of the things, too, it's not a celebration, but it's it's a somber event. Mm. And I know a couple of years ago they had uh, red teepees all over the Capitol, mm-hmm. red cutouts in the red dress, which is a, a symbol of our MMIWR, mm-hmm. and a lot of speakers. And I think we'll be having that happen again Tomorrow, and again, I know there's uh, something happening in La Crosse. A lot of mm-hmm. our uh, Ho-Chunk relatives are going down there. Um, so it's good for community, and especially since now things are opening up since uh, uh, the COVID restrictions are a little less and uh, people are getting vaxxed, hopefully, and mm-hmm. keeping their distance from me, darn it. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, it'll be a great day. The weather's supposed to be nice, and there's going to be a lot of people. Last year we were there, and um, there were hundreds of people there. Thousands. Yeah. Thousands, yeah. Okay. And then, yeah. hey, why don't we uh, jump in and see what the lieutenant governor has to say, uh, Peggy Flanagan. Check in, Peggy. And it doesn't look like we have Peggy ready. Um, Is the mothership getting Peggy ready? I'm not sure. Hmm. Okay. Our Lieutenant Governor, Peggy Flanagan, sent in a clip. Yeah. And we should be hearing it any moment. Wondering what's going on here. Maybe we'll have to play it a little later. Uh, One uh, second here, guys. I'll have it for you. Awesome. Oh, great. Thank Thanks. You. <laughs> you know, when I panic and I start uh, mumbling, Wendy, you notice that? It's <laughs> like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, I just have to say, I'm really excited to have the lieutenant governor stop in a co- every couple of weeks and yeah. give an update. Really, really uh, sounds good, enthusiastic, and informational. We really appreciate her taking the time to record something and sending send it to us so she really feels like it's important that it gets out on the airwaves and people know about what's going on yeah and i feel really blessed to have uh have that kind of uh uh relationship Mm -hmm. with her to have that are we we, uh ready yet we are ready let her rip the lieutenant governor Anin, this is Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, and I'm joining Native Roots Radio with an update from the Walls-Flanagan administration. Since 1978, the federal government has recognized that Native children have a right to their culture through the Indian Child Welfare Act, a right to their language, a right to their tribal identities. And in 1985, the Minnesota Indian Family Preservation Act was adopted as a supplement to ICWA. And last week, we held a ceremonial bill signing for the law, strengthening the Minnesota Indian Family Preservation Act with tribal leaders and community members, including some who were present for the original signing of MIFPA in the 1980s. 
With this law, we are adding another layer of protection for Native families throughout Minnesota, regardless of the decision of the Supreme Court that they make later this year. This strengthening of MIFPA speaks to a vision that Governor Walls and I have for Minnesota to ensure that Minnesota Makoche is the best place to raise a family where every child is safe and protected and invested in. And that hasn't always been the case for Native children and families. But we know when Native children are connected to their culture, they thrive. And this work is just one step forward ensuring that all families have the ability to thrive here in Minnesota. From the time MIFPA was established in 1985 to the expansion we're celebrating this session, this law emphasizes that tribal nations are positioned to give the best advice to us as a state regarding the best interests of their Native children. We are so thankful for all the work done in the 80s to make sure that this bill supplemented ICWA, and we are again grateful for all of the servant leadership to make sure that we are continuing to add protection for Native children and families. This week, we also held a triple bill signing for three incredible pieces of legislation, a ban on conversion therapy and protecting access to gender-affirming care and health care and reproductive health care. These laws help build a future that our young people, especially Native girls and women, and our LGBTQ plus and two-spirit relatives deserve. A future where they can be their full, authentic selves and exercise agency over their bodies and lives. A future where they can grow up knowing and loving who they are. Everything we do, we do for the young people across the state and across the country. But let's be clear, our young people are fighting for their own future, and it's an honor to follow their lead. And to all the LGBTQ plus and two-spirit youth who are listening, I want you to know that you are seen, that you matter, you are loved, we have your back, and we want you to be alive. And I'm bringing a lot of mama bear energy into this work because we know that gender-affirming health care and reproductive health care are life-saving care. By codifying productions to seek and provide gender-affirming care and reproductive health care into law, we are adding another line of defense in our state to ensure that these rights stay protected and that no one can tell you what decisions to make about your own body. We are also protecting young Minnesotans from the harmful and discredited practice of conversion therapy because everyone deserves to feel safe to be who they are, love who they love, and live without fear of violence and discrimination. I'm tremendously grateful to the survivors who have shared their heartbreaking stories to inspire action and the advocates who never stop pushing for this change. We would not be here without the tireless, deeply challenging work of the advocates and legislators who never gave up the fight. I'm proud to live in or raise a family in Minnesota, knowing that Minnesotans have the freedom to make decisions about their own bodies. And as we near the 10-year anniversary of marriage equality, I'm reminded both of how far we have come in this fight and how far we can go together. But the fight is not over. And I can tell you this, in Minnesota, we will continue to fight for love over hate every single day. And this is the message that Governor Walls emphasized in his fifth state of the state address, that Minnesota is a place for everyone and the forces of hate and division stop at our borders. Our partners in the legislature have shown up for this session ready to work. I'm incredibly proud of the work that we've been able to accomplish this legislative session, and there's still much more to do. With three weeks left, you can expect a lot of long days and nights, a lot of bills heading to the governor's desk to be signed, and more good work done for the people of Minnesota. I'm so honored to be your lieutenant governor. Chi miigwech, pina geeky, and back to you. Wow, thank you, Lieutenant Governor Wendy. That's always great to hear from uh, Peggy. She's so inspiring, and there's such good message, uh, and I'm proud to live in Minnesota because of it. Right, exactly. Uh, so we have like uh, a few seconds here, yeah. and what uh, we have 30 seconds, it looks like. And what are you going to be uh, talking about? I'm going to be talking about a plethora, uh. plethora <laughs> of things today later on on the Sacred Animal section. So uh, stay tuned, and it's exciting. 
Yes, it is. Hey, uh, I like that word plether. And up next, we got Robert Lilligren, CEO of Native American Community Development Institute here in Minneapolis. Uh, we haven't talked to him for a while. He's been in Italy uh, mm-hmm. checking it out, and uh, we're jealous. We want to go there, and I know when you've been there. Yeah, I'd like to hear a little bit about his trip, if he's willing to share. Right on. Hey, we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. When it comes to mental health, connections with others can be a way forward. How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Whether you're struggling or know someone who struggles, see connections as comfort, hope, and joy. Like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, seeing your grandma. Together we can find ways to create a path forward. Visit cmentalhealth.org. Visit cmentalhealth.org. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Your Blue Line Extension Project wants to hear from you. We are working on extending the Blue Line Light Rail into North Minneapolis, Robbinsdale, Crystal, and Brooklyn Park, and connecting it to our growing transit system. Tell us about your neighborhood, your business, your family, and what you need from your Blue Line. Learn more and share more of your story at yourblueline.org. That's yourblueline.org. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we have Robert Lilligren on, Wendy. Uh, We haven't seen Robert in a long time, and uh, Robert's the CEO of Native American Community Development Institute here in Minneapolis, Twin Cities. Um, We're kind of butthurt because Wendy's been to uh, Italy. uh, How many times, Wendy? Uh, three different times. Yeah, and I've been, I've been there zero, so uh, <laughs> just throwing that out there. Yeah, so Buju, Robert, Wendy, Haley, nice to be with Yeah, And I did just get back from an incredible trip to Italy, so my first time there mm. was wonderful. So, I, Wendy, I'd love to compare notes. Yeah. What, which parts of Italy were you in? You know, we, we were on a tour. We started in Rome, went south mm. to Capri, as we yep. say, not Capri, Capri, mm-hmm. Assisi, then kind of back up to Florence with a, a layover in uh, Rapallo, which I would mm. love to visit more, and, uh, and then ended up in uh, Florence and then to Venice. And that's where Very we nice. I've never been to Venice. That's one part I'd love to, but all the other places that you mentioned, I have visited. Yeah. Not me, Yeah, Robert. well, in Venice, uh, someday, Robert. <laughs> Venice was super interesting because in the city of Venice, which of course is a series of 120 plus islands, but in 1970, there were some 150,000 people that lived in Venice and maybe 50,000 that lived uh, on land, you know, on the mainland. And now that's flipped. There's only 50,000 people that still live in Venice. And now 150,000 that live around just because it's hard. It's yeah. hard to live in Venice. And I, and I felt, you know, 
that evoked a lot of um, feelings about, you know, sometimes how hard it is to live on your own land. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, when next time we go, we'll look for a place to live, Wendy, because I know they're they're <laughs> looking for people to move there. Right, Robert? Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, I'll move there. I'll move there with you. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. Right. Yeah, that really is. Well, we have a Native American month happening, and tomorrow's a big day, and uh, I, I, you sound like you have a little cold. I didn't see you at the opening, and I asked about you. And uh, It's COVID. I came back with COVID. Okay. I'm still living with the remnants of my first time. I'm super vaxxed. You know, I've had six shots, so it's been pretty mild. But, yeah, okay. I can't go in public. Yeah, oh. that's too bad. I'm glad you, you're all vaxxed up and you're having mild symptoms. So that's fantastic. Thank you. Thanks. Well, I'm knocking on wood, too, because I'm six vaxxed up, and I have not gotten it yet. And, you know, I'm running all over. So I think I'm one of those right. people, people that won't get sick. I just keel over dead one day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I kind of hoped I wasn't the person who would get sick. But I did miss the Indian Month kickoff parade. I saw you guys were there. Mm-hmm. You know, our organization, NACTI, was yes. involved in helping to put that out. Metropolitan Urban Indian Directors, or MUD, did as well. But it just looked great. Yeah. You could just tell after three years of not being able to get together, people really vibed on being able to get together. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, yeah, we're blessed and we're hanging out this month. And I don't know, will I see you at the Capitol tomorrow? No. Probably not tomorrow. Oh, that's right. I'm he's sorry. Quarantine. I'm sorry. I'm rubbing it in, aren't I? Jeez. <laughs> he's no, you are. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I'm you. Thrilled. It... Who's gonna be there? I'm thrilled that you had old John and Governor on tonight. And yeah, you know, this is a big day, or this is a big era for the Native community here. So good work. Yeah, and you know, and I just got to say, because I know Peggy and you have been friends, uh, our lieutenant governor, for many, many years, and uh, Wendy and I, during the break, were just saying, we are so grateful that she stops in every two weeks with a, a nice little seven-minute report and, you know, get teary-eyed and blessed because uh, she does that for our com- us and our community and everyone listening to our show. It's a huge deal. It's huge, right? And with Peggy being my whiter sister, but also I've been involved in her political life for two decades now. And yeah. I'm just thrilled to see what she's doing. You know, we don't always agree, and that's just the nature <laughs> of politics and policy, right. but we need to support her and and just, you know, what's what's next for her? And, right. you know, as a governor, senator, president... I could see that, you know, so let's keep supporting her. Wow, that's great because, you know, Robert, when just before you said that, I was thinking that that's that's awesome. I think it used to be like uh, what you were a uh, senator and then go to president. Isn't that the old old way of doing it? You know, or? there's lots <laughs> of pathways there. And I will say back in 2003, 2004, when I first got to know Peggy as a candidate and was supporting her and helping on her campaign for Minneapolis School Board. And I remember at the time thinking, wow, this woman is so talented. She could be uh, governor someday. And then I thought, well, heck, why just governor? She could be president. Mm-hmm. So I'll just keep my eye on that prize and we'll figure out the path forward as we go. Well, what's interesting too, and I remember when her and uh, Walls uh, initially uh, said that they were running for governor and she was going to be lieutenant governor at the Indian Center, that she had that great story about, you know, how he was a teacher and he came to the Wellstone and she was one of the Wellstone um, teachers. Yeah, she trained him, right, as a candidate. And it was interesting. When I was on Minneapolis City Council, there were two other council members that were part of that same class that Peggy taught how to be candidates you know how to campaign and and so i think that's just amazing and and robert since you brought it up you know they kicked off their very first campaign at the minneapolis american indian center and i think you and i were standing shoulder to shoulder there and and for me my big point and and my care for my little sister peggy flanagan was i wanted to hear the terms uh co-governing 
Ah. And to their credit, and if I didn't hear that, I was going to bring it up with Peggy. You know, you need to be co-governing. To their credit, they said that. We're going to co-govern. They said it like three times at the Minneapolis American Indian Center. And in two terms, now they've really been delivering. They are co-governing. Peggy has a voice in our state executive governance. Well, you know, and two, what's interesting, uh, I feel like rarely do I know who the lieutenant governor is in our state. And I, not because, just because... uh, Peggy's native, but because Peggy is co-governing, we do know her. Agree. And and I'll go back to the Dayton administration, Governor Mark Dayton with Tina Smith. Right. You know, he really elevated her role. She really pushed into leadership. You know, she's now our senator. Great. I worked with her in City Hall when she was chief of staff to Mayor Ryback. The best hire he ever did, you know. And so... So I, I, I credit Waltz and Peggy Flanagan for leveraging that moment, for elevating the lieutenant governor. It's elected a position, right? It should have authority here in the state. Exactly. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's a, a lot of ways that it's really exciting to be a native right now. And I know we always reminisce when, uh, <laughs> when we didn't know where all the natives were. They were either Latino or uh Italian, (laughs) yeah, white, right. But now we're out front, and and a lot of uh, you know, a lot of I want to say women natives are uh, stepping out and stepping out in front, you know. So that's the way it should be, and the way it is, in a good way. Agree, and I'm thrilled with how high profile our native women leadership is, not just in the state, but but nationally, and, and this is an accidental, right? We've been positioning ourselves into these leadership positions, take control of our own narrative, and, and the more we can do, the, the better. And, and I love what you're doing, the work you're doing, the work uh, my organization, NACTI, is right. doing. We're about to produce, help produce an international documentary about wow. the progress the urban Indian community has made here in the metro, and people notice it. It's you know, it's we have a legacy of leadership from aim on, you know, to to really serve and support. And I feel like we're doing it. You know, and not only only that, but I feel like you know we have like Heather Keeler on and Mary Kunish on, Senator, and. We talk about how Minnesota, especially with the trifecta, has been a real beacon for for people to come here. You know, Wendy, we were talking about that, mm-hmm. right? About parents and parents and trans kids feel safe here. They're they're going to move here. They don't feel welcome where they are now. Yeah, yeah. right, so- right, and not just to come here, right? This is a template for twenty twenty four. Mm-hmm. Right. can show what democratic leadership within a state does for the population and that people want that. And yeah. so that will impact state politics, you know, more than more than the crappy Republican icky, <laughs> you know, policies. I can't believe some of the anti-voting policies that are going into place, but it'll show with a democratic leadership in your state, you can really accomplish things. So Minnesota, Michigan, maybe Wisconsin, we're going to become national leaders in the 2024 political formula. Hey, we're here with Robert Lilligren, Native American Community Development Institute, White Earth Ojibwe, and we'll be right back and we're going to check in on what's happening in the avenue. Stay with us. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? 
There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. Don't drive too fast or you will miss Scott Jamama's Hot Barbecue. Scott Jamama's offers huge taste out of a little place. Located at 3 West Diamond Lake Road near the intersection of Nicolette Avenue and West Diamond Lake Road in Minneapolis, this tiny hole in the wall offers mouth-watering baby back ribs, grilled chicken, and half-pound pulled pork sandwiches. Don't forget to add the potato salad, spicy baked beans, twice-baked potatoes, and delicious desserts. Find their winter hours and full menu at scottjamamas.com. At Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, we have wood stoves that qualify for the new 30% income tax credit, a great opportunity to get an efficient stove and heat with renewable energy. Right now, avoid supply chain delays, avoid the fall rush, avoid bad weather installation, and save money because we are now discounting the price on all chimney parts you need for installation for any of Woodland's new stoves and fireplaces. We can help you with the stove and the chimney planning. Want to do it yourself? We will help you determine all the parts needed with our installation know-how. We have been installing wood stoves and fireplaces for over 45 years. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has over 35 working wood, gas, and electric units on display at the corner of East Franklin and Riverside Avenue in Minneapolis. Save money. Take advantage of the spring and summer chimney discounts when you buy any fireplace product right now at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. Hey, it's Patrick. If you love your home, then you know it's a place that's so much more than just a place to keep your stuff. It's a place where some of the most treasured memories of your life have been made and will continue to be made. If you love your home, then you know there is only one carpet cleaning company to trust with your carpet, tile, and upholstery and your air duct cleaning, and that's my cleaning heroes at Zero Res. If you haven't tried out Zero Res or it's been months since your last deep clean, then now is the time to call and take advantage of the Spring Flash Sale and get a free hallway with any of our carpet cleaning packages with three rooms Zero Resified starting at just $129. Don't wait for the weather. Book now to beat the rush. Call Zero Res right now, 9520Res, or go online to ZeroResMinnesota.com and say you want the AM950 special. Zero Res, backward or forward, spells the same. With your AM950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for partly cloudy skies tonight with a low around 46, Friday partly sunny with a slight chance for rain with a high near 66, and Saturday rain with a high around 67. Find a delicious treat at Latunji's Palette. Try their world-famous peach cobbler or indulge in their gourmet dessert sandwiches and coffee drinks. You can also find Latunji's gourmet desserts at Lunds and Byerly's at the North Market Minneapolis Farmer's Market Annex or Bobby and Steve's. Visit latunjispalette.com for more. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Today's portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. Hey, what a coincidence. We have uh, Robert Lilligren, who's who's the CEO of Native American Community Development Institute. You know, it took me a a good, like, uh, six months to be able to say that. You remember that? (laughs) I know. You still can't say NACD correctly, but keep trying. (laughs) Shoot. Wendy's over there shaking her head going, how did this guy get on the air? (laughs) (laughs) Who, you or me? You or me. me. Not you, Not me. Not you at all. <laughs> Shoot. Hey, so what? What? <laughs> what? What's happening uh, at uh, Nadke and uh, and what's happening on Nadke. the D? Ab- yes, and on the Avenue. Thank you, Wendy. <laughs> Thanks. Well, as you guys know, because you were there, it's Indian Month in in Minneapolis and in all of Minnesota, and you know, as a lot of folks know. Uh, American Indian History Month is in the fall nationally, but here, because of the high level of uh, advocacy activism, especially by American Indian Movement, May is Indian Month here. And so 
The big kickoff was Monday. It looked so good. It broke my heart not to be there because of my effing COVID. But uh, <laughs> but you could see the community. This has been three years, right, since we've been able to get together in this way. And people loved it. Yeah. And it, it's funny you should say that, too, because, like, the powwows have been jam-packed. I, there was one that was at the where the heck was it but it was like a record number of people just because people want to get out see their relatives and celebrate uh being native and in a community yeah for sure and people have had the opportunity over these years to work on their ribbon skirts or their regalia <laughs> so it's it's just like this rush forward to to fill that void and i love it and there's stuff scheduled um all month, people can go to the NACTI website, the Metropolitan Urban Indian Directors website, but we're we're keeping this calendar, and, and pretty much every day for me, something has happened, and it just warms my heart that the Native community here in the Twin Cities embraces this, takes it seriously, you know, it's focusing on our own celebrations and community building and inviting the rest of the community in. It, and it doesn't have to be about the outside community, the outside politicians. It's our celebration, and right. people are doing that. Right, and uh, it's really grown over the years, and it's really picking up again. And uh, I, I know a couple weeks ago, or was it less than a couple weeks ago, All My Relations Gallery opened up another uh, another beautiful uh, uh, display. display. Thank you, Wendy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a great show going on that was, uh, it's a partnership with Thunder Bay. Wow. A, a gallery there. Yeah, I love it. And so that's been super moving and and always something new happening there. And, and one of the pieces, you know, All My Relations is a gallery. It's for as tiny as it is and as tiny as we are at NACTI, you know, it's become really a, one of the premier contemporary native arts galleries in our whole region. But we're also now, you know, we, NACTI is all about building capacity. And, and so we have two uh, arts cohorts going on. One is public art, and that's a partnership with Hennepin Theater Trust that's putting native art downtown Minneapolis, Hennepin Avenue, or theater district, and bringing a ton of awareness there and also we have a native authors cohort our second one going on that's taking native authors from an idea to publishing and in wow. creating native professional native authors and that's all out of our little tiny gallery wow that is exciting really exciting hey, i gotta just throw out too i know you can't do this but our daughter's in a play in the new native theater and that's ending ah. saturday and what a run and what a what a, a beautiful play uh it, we were just so blessed to see my uh my uh he knew there my first daughter in this play uh what a great just community I community community robert that's how i got here right or how we got mm -hmm. here is that yes. the title yep. yeah exactly and i'm assuming you guys have seen it and i'm so <laughs> jealous because no covid's gonna keep me from seeing it and uh again another heartbreak i won't be able to see it live but it sounds like just a huge success by New Native Theater. Right. Um, what I heard, too, is they may be taking it on the road. Uh, and so we might have another chance if, uh, if you end up being at White Earth or, or some, uh, some other place here other than the yeah. Twin Cities. So that's exciting. Super exciting. I give a lot of credit to Rihanna Yahtzee and yeah. the founder and head of New Native Theater and, and just all of their efforts. And it's been kind of interesting, you know, that the actors and artists that New Native Theater brings into the Twin Cities. Then at NACTI and All My Relations Arts, we've been able to host conversations with international Indigenous artists that are here through uh, the Cedar Cultural Center. And so... Yeah. We've had some uh, uh, New Zealand and Australian indigenous artists that have been able to meet with us and new native theater artists. And that's what it's all about, right? This international network of indigenous 
people expressing our cultures and powers. Cool. Yeah, it very cool. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of stunned as you put it together like that. I always think that, you know, Robert's on tonight. We're going to have a really positive show and maybe talk a little bit about politics. But, you know, we haven't seen you in a couple of weeks and it's just like, wow. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of great things happening here in Minnesota. So much, so much. And I'm happy to talk politics, especially as we ramp up to 2024. Right, which is a pivotal, uh, pivotal year nationally in in politics. But Nacti's flexing its muscle. We're getting ready, yep. so I'd love yeah. to talk more about it in the future. We definitely will, and we were lucky too because we're all over uh, civic media in Wisconsin too, uh, 11, another eleven stations, and we were really excited to talk to the new Supreme Court uh, judge of Wisconsin, uh, Protosewicz. Uh, and Robert, it took me a couple of weeks to be able to say her name before she got on. That was excellent. I can't even say her name, but you are saying it. And I know you're very modest at, uh, at Native Birds Radio, but you guys played a role in making sure she got elected. So congratulations. Right on. And then, you know, we've been really excited uh, – what was it two uh, two cycles ago? Uh, what there was thirteen Native Americans running for office, and with your help uh, and our help, you know, twelve of them were elected. And uh, we like those odds, and we like to like to really uh, amplify these people, our Native relatives, and get them elected. Yeah, and as well you said, we'll keep doing that. And yeah, it's just it's just thrilling, you know, and. And I don't know how much time we have left, but I want to make sure to lift up a, a, an event that my my organization, NACTI, is hosting on May 13th as part of American Indian Month. Uh, it's, you know, we have our food sovereignty work. We call it Four Sisters for Sovereignty. We have a, um, excuse me, a, a farmer's market. We have an urban farm. And at the farm on May 13th, we are celebrating uh, food sovereignty at, at 11 a.m. at our at our farm on the 2800 block of 18th Avenue. We'll have ceremony, food, and things, and and I just want to really lift it up. It's been an incredible, you know, kind of a adjacent to land back. The county has given us this land that for decades they can control. It was so crime-ridden and violent. And now we've taken it over, started in ceremony and now in food sovereignty, and we're settling this land down in South Minneapolis in the Phillips area, just a block off Lake Street, and where the uh, uh, uprisings following George Floyd's murder happened. And so, wow. so you can go to NACTI for more info, but it's May 13th, and I really want to encourage people to show up. It's, it's so positive. It is, and it's a great uh, celebration part of our celebratory uh, month. Uh, that's exciting. I'm going to try and sneak away, and maybe I'll have my headphones on, and if I have to vote, I'll have to just step a few steps away to vote uh, in my other job. <laughs> but it is a celebration, yeah. celebra celebratory month, and, and uh, yeah, uh, we got like uh, two minutes. Why don't you just uh, run that by again one quick time before we go? Yeah, so there's a ton going on during uh, American Indian Month here in the Twin Cities or in the state of Minnesota. This is May 13th. Right. It is from at 11 o'clock. It's at the 2800 block of 18th Avenue. So right on the Midtown Greenway, right off Lake Street. We'll have ceremony, food, giveaway. There'll be, it's not just American Indians that'll be there. It'll be a community and stuff who are super celebrating this. Mm -hmm. And then also just to bring forward, you know, as you guys know, here during the month of May, all communities have, or all organizations. Because that's what school. Posts. So if folks want to come by on May 23rd, to Nacti to our open house. Wah. Also, it's um, Powwow Grounds and American Indian Community Corporation. Uh, um, we'll we'll have in our big open house music, fun, right in our parking lot, right outside Powwow Grounds on the twenty wow. third. And 
there's so much going on as you guys know during american indian month here that's awesome and we've been uh, trying to uh, hype it up and what i really like about the 23rd it's a day before my uh, 62nd birthday so i'll be there celebrating <laughs> for sure and uh bringing that point up so what am i i'm registered at uh no, not Dayton's, but where am I registered now <laughs> for my birthday? Uh, Anywhere you can buy baseball cards. Easy. <laughs> hey, Rob. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. We got like a, a minute left. Uh, it's just, I'm glad you're feeling better. And by the 13th, yeah. you'll be out of quarantine and uh, hopefully you'll be able to make it there. Yeah, fingers crossed. Great to see you. Uh, happy Native American Month here. Great to see you back at yeah. Keep up the good work. You too, Peeny Gigi. Thank you so much. Hey, that was Robert Lilligren, a Native American Community Development Institute here in Minneapolis in the Twin Cities. Always a great conversation. Hey, we'll be right back, Wendy, with our sacred animal section. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, Ogama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. When it comes to mental health, making connections with others can be a way forward. How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Connections can bring comfort, hope, and joy. Find ways that work for yourself and others like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, creating space to listen. Visit cmentalhealth.org. That's cmentalhealth.org. cmentalhealth.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live, live and, and let, let howl. howl. We are your relatives. We are your relations. Brothers. Sisters. Sons. Daughters. And, and some, some of us are your grandchildren. We are your community. Historically, we held places of honor and respect. Because of the impact of colonization, some of us are rejected, thrown out from family, friends, and community, set up as targets for sexual violence, sex trafficked, humiliated, tortured, and murdered. Everybody has the right to be safe. We are your relatives. Remember, homophobia is not traditional. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Part of uh, my favorite part of the show, Wendy. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have our sacred animal section here. What a what a full show we've had! And yeah. uh, I want to introduce my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy. Wendy's been an animal advocate for many years, and she speaks. And over the last seven years, about our sacred animals, and uh, I learned so much. And I know I say that every time, but it's so true. Welcome, You're going to learn more now. Oh, welcome, Wendy. Yeah. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the state and local level. And it's always my pleasure to be here and to talk about our sacred animals. And like you said, Robert, not only do you learn something new every time, so do I. And I'm going to be talking about our state bird. Uh, the loon. The loon. I just found this out and I had no idea. So the Richland Animal Rescue Organization posted this on Facebook. And they said that loons are not terrestrial. 
they cannot stand up and walk on land. I didn't know that. Their feet are positioned back too far and they cannot gain the necessary lift on land for flight. They are, designed, uh, they are designed to work only in water. What? Yeah. So if you see a loon on land, it's likely in trouble. Oh. And what they want you to do is carefully pick it up, like cover it up with a towel and pick it up. It says here that they are not an overly aggressive bird and take it to a large body of water and put them back in the water. Uh, but obviously, if you think it's possible that the bird is sick or injured or, you know, something's happening to it uh or if you're really just not i mean just not you know unsure of it just please call a licensed wildlife rehabilitation center as soon as possible that's pretty close <laughs> that sounds like an injured or sick loon. Oh, Sorry. Um, yeah, but I had no idea that they they can't be on land and no. they don't walk around on land and they can't take off on land. I had no idea. You know, that reminds me of uh, what uh, hummingbirds can't drive backwards. Isn't that? Is no, that it's hummingbirds are the only bird that can go backwards. Yeah, yeah. something like that. That's just crazy. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I learn something every day. So here's yeah. a myth, and this was posted by Howling for Wolves. Oh. Oh. <laughs> here's the myth. Wolves are dangerous to people and pets. This is the fact. Wolves naturally fear humans and tend to shy away from human contact. Uh, they have been only there have been only two uh, relative related human deaths in North America in the past hundred years. Wolves are territorial and naturally com, um, compete with dogs. However, wolves naturally fear humans and generally will not approach pets in the presence of humans. So if you're with your dog or your cat or whatever, it's not going to bother you because they don't want to be bothered with you, you know? Right. Yeah. Here's one. Uh, this is from Underdog Rescue. So Underdog Rescue was a rescue organization that we got our dogs from. Yeah. And here's an interesting dog fact. Uh, dogs and rain. So uh, the reason that dogs hesitate before going outside into the rain when you open the door they're is smart. not. It's <laughs> not because they're afraid of getting wet. Whoa. It's because rain amplifies sound and their ears are so sensitive, it can be too intense for them. Wow. So that's why they stop. Wow. It's not because they don't want to get wet. So I will never, um, you know, kind of give Wanda, our dog, a nudge when the when it's raining out. I'm like, you have to go. We'll just put a little It's not because she doesn't want to. Yeah. Put some little headphones See, on. See, I didn't so. know that either. And I had no idea about the loon. I kind of knew what was going on with the wolves because we talk about them a lot. But listen to this. Yeah. This is incredible but true. Mm -hmm. Anting, like, you know, ants that crawl on the ground. There's a phenomenon called anting. And it's a behavior in which birds land on a nest of ants and allow the ants to invade their feathers. The ants will then spray a formic acid on the invader. And this acid will act as an insecticide, a fungicide, and a bacterial that will get rid of uh, any pathogens that are on the bird. Weird. Isn't that crazy? I've never heard of that mother before. Mother Nature. Wow, that save that one. That is Mother Nature, I know. Save that one. You can bring that up in the best of or I something. I know. Wow. And you know what, Robert? We have these wonderful crows that come in our backyard. They know me. I know they do. <laughs> and they have been known to be really smart and recognize people. They recognize they faces. They see that nose come out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> and then they start squawking. And then Robert will throw out some peanuts. And they help me train. They really do. But there's a difference between a raven and a crow. Right. Yeah, so we get crows here. But a raven, they always travel in pairs. Mm. A crow will travel in groups. So when we see the crows come, there are always like a bunch of them, like four or five of them. So a raven will travel in pairs. A raven habitat is wild and the crow's habitat is urban. Wow. Yeah. Ravens, 30-year uh, lifespan yeah. for a raven. A crow, eight-year lifespan. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Now a raven, uh, the voice says, gonk. Gonk. <laughs> and a crow says, caw, 
Oh. And a pig says, oink, oink. <laughs> what? But the, the ravens, <laughs> the, the ravens has a wedged shaped tail hmm. and a crow has a fan shaped tail. I think you told me that before. Yeah, this is the most common thing that I, when I see a raven, it's the, they have a bigger and a curved bill. So their bill is curved and much bigger. And the um, crow is smaller and flat. Um, and they're both extremely intelligent. Both of them are very, very smart. So those are the difference between a raven and a crow. I haven't seen a raven in years. I don't yeah. even remember the last time I saw a raven, but we have tons of crows around here. I really, really, you know, care about them. Yeah, they're so smart. And they you, are. you said something, I, I don't want to break into your jam, but you said something uh, before about crows being able to figure out McDonald's bags or something. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, they did a study once where they just throw, threw out like paper bags. Um, and and the crows learned that the paper bag that had the M the on arch. it, the arch of the McDonald's, <laughs> that they went for those bags more often because they knew that they found more food or French fries or whatever was left over in that bag. Yeah, they're smart. really pretty smart. This is from the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center in Minnesota. Minnesota turtles are on the move. What? Yeah, right now, turtles yeah. of all sor sorts are making their way to summer habitats and breeding areas. As excited as they are moving with, the, with speed, it is not on the agenda, and dodging traffic is next to impossible. So um, the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center would like to share some tips on how you could help turtles and in your area first while it can be tempting to move turtles to a safer locations please resist the urge turtles bond with the bodies of water they call home and if they are moved they will they will wander as many miles and across as many roads as it is to take them uh, to return them to that specific place Turtles have been known to just go in circles and circles and circles for years, just trying to find the right place that they want to. Do you remember what uh, turtles do when you pick them up and put them on the other uh, side of the road? <laughs> One peed on me once. <laughs> yeah. Next, if you do find an injured turtle, take note of the precise location found. Drop a pin on your map on your phone and remember landmarks and intersections and try to locate the nearest body of water. When you bring the turtle to the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center or another licensed rehabilitator, the intake team will ask for the specific location where you found the turtle so they could bring it to that exact spot. Wow, because great. they don't want them to be walking around stressed out. Great. Looking for their body of water. Great yeah. segment as always. Hey, I want to thank the Lieutenant Governor of the great state of Minnesota mm -hmm. for stopping in, Robert Lilligren and Wendy for uh, all your all you do and the great information, and Haley for uh, being our backup person and running the show behind the scenes here. You've been listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. Free Leonard Peltier. Now.